Chapter 8, An Important Discovery. Now, my question is, is this discovery more important than the red wig? The, the best clue ever? The best clue ever. The yeah. best clue in the world. I feel like they've really peaked, peaked yeah. early with their sleuthing. <laughs> but I also thought, Sima, we talked about this the other day, but uh, there's that movie, I think it's a Kevin James movie called The Dilemma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is the name of any movie. <laughs> it is the most generic name for what happens in a movie. There is a dilemma which needs a solution. That's Star Wars. That's Lord that's of the Rings. That's everything. Yeah. That's every movie is that. And with this detective book, a chapter being called An Important <laughs> Discovery, yeah, pretty much every chapter has had <laughs> an, an important, important discovery. discovery. <laughs> and as I read this one, I don't know that this discovery is any more important than the other one. It's, it's actually a little bit of a letdown. We'll get to that. Yeah. I wanted to take a second, though, um, at the beginning, uh, first, to thank Brett Hoy again. Brent Hoy, I mean, what a just, great just a great champion. Uh, as we are lining up some things to do a live podcast for the finale, chapter 20 of this book, um, before we start the second one, uh, we put a little survey out there on our Instagram story, follow us at Hardy and Sons Podcast. And Brett was the first positive response of many. Of many. Of many. Yes. It's going to be a packed house for sure as we get that uh, configured. But um, just love that he's there, eager Every always. day. He's always the first one in there. Big shout out to Brett and again uh, to Jesse, who hopefully at this point is all, is still a patron. <laughs> patron. <laughs> uh, along with the thousands of others of you. Yeah. Hopefully Brett's still a patron because this would be really embarrassing if he wasn't. And we're making this shout out. Brett, don't let us down. We talked about this before recording the last episode like an hour ago. So yeah. the, the way that we do these is we get together and like record three or four episodes. We yeah, you can't just up. stop after one chapter. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's more efficient for us to do this. And then that way it's not a weekly commitment. We both travel for work quite a yeah. bit. We have other obligations, other podcasts. Um, and so we were saying, like, you know, as we promised people, you know, shout outs and stuff like that, it kind of sucks that people may have pledged money in the beginning of December. And we're recording an episode that'll come out right now on uh, January 14th. This yes. episode is out. Hi, happy January 14th, everybody. That's a month and a half away. Oh, yeah. And so, well, I guess a, a month away. Um, but I, I feel bad that it's that delayed gratification. But at the same time, it is a double-edged sword in that we could be thanking someone for something <laughs> that they don't at all support anymore. We could have had a big fight with, with Brett. That's very true. That's it. We may not be friends with Brett anymore. At this moment, in the future, when this airs. We could hate Brett. This is a Whoa! Sh- this is a Schrodinger's Brett right now, <laughs> where Brett is both squashed by the hammer and not squashed by the hammer. This is this, this is, is quantum awesome. mechanics right here. This is awesome, is what it is. Um, before we get into this, I wanted to. Uh, I was thinking about this uh, a moment ago after we re- recorded last episode. Um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, we were talking about movie. this. Um, and there's the whole scene where like they're gonna burn the witch, and we were saying like their mentality <laughs> yeah. is sort of like that, where the whole crowd is just like, yeah, burn the witch, and like <laughs> there's momentum, and so they're just going with it. But they they have the scene where like they're they're trying to determine if this person is a witch, and so the the chain of logic is a witch burns. What else burns? Wood. wood. Yeah. Well, wood floats. <laughs> what else floats? 
And then triumphantly, King Arthur comes in with his wisdom and goes, a, a duck. duck. <laughs> and so they conclude that if a, a person weighs the same as a duck, then they must be a witch and they should be burned. This is a comedy. <laughs> this is a comedic movie written by comedians. And that moment of like King Arthur standing before everyone, his big reveal to the crowd that he's this <laughs> sage is him saying like, a duck. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh. He's right. <laughs> and it's hilarious, but that's actually what like Fenton Hardy is. Yeah. Like and it's not a comedy, but like these boys as, as they're as they're doing this stuff, it's it's not at all like powerful. It's not really like a, oh my gosh, he's like yeah. these revelations are on par with a duck <laughs> as this conclusion Which, to witch there's, hunting. There's a moment in this chapter, I'm not gonna talk about what it is yet. But Fenton is describing something to his kids. I'm like, this is the way that I would talk to a four-year-old. Yeah. Not not a 17 and 18-year-old boy. And then, like, I keep reading them. I'm like, what is the age group of these books? Yeah, what is the target market? Where are they trying to hit? I still don't even know because I thought it was, like, eight and up. But, man, they are really hamming it to super young kids. Super young, thin kids. Super, yeah. Because we <laughs> don't want to be like Chet. Don't be a stout be boy. A, a stout, chubby boy <laughs> who always eating, always has an apple. Poor Chet. Poor Chet. Yeah. They, they, and, and I wonder... If, like as we're reading these now, like you know how shows like SpongeBob and Family Guy, mm-hmm. um, like and even like old Rugrats and Doug, like they were written for kids, um, but they had jokes for adults. And then, but like if you rewatch it as an adult, there's stuff that'll go right over the kids' heads. Yeah, but like the adults are like, oh yeah, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm trying to tell like, are these books? Really written for young adults who are going to be like, oh, this is so cool. Let's get on our motorcycles and go, a footprint, whoa. <laughs> or is like Franklin W. Dixon, are, are these authors making fun of the Hardy Boy? Like, do they think that these boys are stupid or do they think that they're cool? That's oh, what, that's actually that, – oh, that's, yeah. That's what a I'm trustworthy narrator. Of. Like, can we trust the author here? That's a good question. Do you know the name Fernando Tatis? No, but it's he was a an American ball name. player who I think played for the Mets before he played for the Cardinals. And while playing for the Cardinals, I believe he's the only player, or at least the first player, to ever hit two grand slams in the same inning. Oh, in, damn! In professional baseball, yeah. Uh, Fernando Tatis. Several years ago, there was a Twitter account that he had, um, and spoiler alert: it wasn't actually him, but. These tweets were so stupid and so <laughs> so brilliantly simple. They were they were about like uh, they were tweets like, "Is there anything as true as just sitting and eating at a Wendy's by yourself? Like, is there a moment more American than sitting at a Wendy's eating by yourself?" And one of my favorite tweets was, um, "Sometimes I'll sit and eat a whole loaf of bread right out of the bag, and I'm not even a vegetarian." <laughs> <laughs> But I, I bring this up. Fantastic. I bring this up because it was this brilliant account where you couldn't tell if they were trying to be funny, yeah. or if they were stupid. <laughs> and, and again, it turned out to not be him. Um, it, it was someone writing and and just sort of playing around with that. But there were also like drawings and stuff done in like Microsoft Paint that were beautiful things about going through the drive-through at Wendy's and stuff. But that that like is it or is it like are they joking with us or are are they trying to be serious with this? <laughs> yeah. That is exactly where the Hardy Boys are living for me. It's the uncanny valley. 
Right. It's the uncanny valley is what it is. Like, pick a side. Right now, I can't tell if you oh, and that's think... Also, I'm, I'm curious, since this is the first book, if that changes as the books go on or if it sticks in this tone throughout the entire series. That's a good question. Uh, which we will find out so soon. We will find out very soon. I believe book four... <laughs> our book two starts on uh, April 21st or something like that? Something like that, something yeah. Something like that. We're chugging through one. Chugging through one. So, an important discovery. What is this important discovery? Let's get into it. First Let's of all... Let's dive in, boys. Scene opens. Interior vestibule day. The uh, hell is a vestibule? Yeah, this, this whole chapter uh, starts... Boys are on their way home from school, and the next afternoon they notice that a crowd had collected in the vestibule of the post office, <laughs> and uh, everyone was staring at a bulletin board. And I, I just thought, this is so iconic. What a great cross-section of this small town where nothing happens, where like, there's a oh, crowd yeah. at the post office because a poster went up. <laughs> Like people are like, oh, have you been down to the post office? Did you see, see the, the post- poster? We're going. We're on our way now. We just came from there. Police station. Police station. Hello, police. Uh, hello, post a office. Poster in the post office. Yeah. So, so this is the uh, this is the the action we're dealing with right now. Is yeah. currently a a crowd huge around crowd. a poster. Huge crowd at the post office. And what is this poster? I mean, that's what the that's what the Hardys are wondering. We got Joe. Wonder what's up now. And he pushed his way through the crowd with the agility <laughs> of an eel. I mean, that that's very agile. That's, I mean, he's slipping and sliding that's through people. That's poetic, but that's not, that's not <laughs> an animal I would choose. Well, I, I don't know. An eel may be agile, but not Who like – Like I'm thinking like a tiger, like, yeah. you know, springing to – like, Hell yeah. An eel – I feel like with the physics of what a water, random choice. you're somewhat limited in how sprinty you can be. But yeah, I don't think an eel is is that uh, agile on land. That but is who, correct. It didn't say with the agility of an eel in its natural habitat. Right. Just said the agility of an eel. That's maybe, not fair. Maybe an eel on land. Yeah, a land eel. We don't know. Uh, which so Frank and Joe they're heading to the post office to see this board. What is on it? What can this be? And in enormous black letters, it reads, $1,000 reward. Woo! And underneath in slightly smaller type was the following. The above reward will be paid for information leading to the arrest of the person or persons who broke into Tower Mansion and stole jewels and securities from a safe in the library. Now, this is not a good idea. No, <laughs> there's going to be so many accusations and we've already learned that it's so easy to accuse somebody of this crime and they're going to jail. I'm just imagining a scene with the bad detective work where someone's <laughs> like, I know that the I know what was taken from uh, from the safe in the library. And then someone being like, wait, we never said it was in a library, <laughs> like in this big gotcha moment. And then they're like. You did. <laughs> yeah. It was on the poster. On the, poster. <laughs> the poster in the post office. You wrote all the details that you had on that poster. <laughs> ah, the reward was being offered by Herd Applegate. That's turd with an H. Herd. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I feel like Herd just watched the movie SWAT. Because I'm pretty sure that's the exact <laughs> premise of that film. <laughs> Trying to get my I timeline got this great right. idea from this movie SWAT. It's got Samuel L. Jackson. It's You're fantastic. Gonna it. You're gonna love You're it. You're gonna love it, kids. Uh, Heard just smokes a lot. That's how I imagine Heard speaking. 
No, that's pretty. That's, that's, that's pretty how, accurate, right? That's how I, I would talk if my name was heard. So, uh, of course, when they see this immediately, why that must mean the charge against Mr. Robinson has been dropped! Exclaimed Joe. Looks like it. Let's see if we can find some. So they go out to find I was gonna some. Say, they, really, they really built that up last chapter. Just to be like, oh yeah, all that shit. Well, just forget about well, it. Well, Fenton Hardy dropped. did say like, uh, you know, do you think you can have him released? I'm sure of it. And true to his word, yeah, he's released. Yeah, I guess, but at the same point, did he really have to go to jail? He was released just off screen. I mean, this is like the opening of Alien 3. You're just killing off the two main characters of 2 in the first couple seconds. See, I I feel like what happened behind, like what we didn't see, like the arrest. um, Way more interesting. Not only more interesting, but way more impactful, as we're about to see here. Yeah. Um, First of all, there's a little discussion about the money. Like, holy cow, that's a lot of money. And the boys are like, if we solve this mystery, we get that sweet, sweet, sweet cheddar. (laughs) Yeah. And that's when I thought, wait, is that the tower treasure? Is the treasure the $1,000 reward for the tower mystery? It's not, but but I I wrote that That's a good question. Yeah. Does that explain the title? Yeah, but then it says, uh, you know, and there's no reason why we haven't as good of a chance of earning it as anyone else. Well, no, you've been involved. You, you yeah, claim you're... to be detectives. You have a very good chance compared to a lay person. It... Uh, you've you've put your ear to the ground and listened for footsteps. You've got yes, clue. You've, that's you have what a I'm wig. Saying. You have a wig in your possession, boys. They, uh, I suppose, Dad and the police are barred from the reward. They say. I'm thinking. First of all, your dad is a detective. He's a private How do you think detective. He hurts his money, yeah. boys. It's his. It's Why their duty. Why would he duty. not get the reward? He is not a police officer. You think he's he, not paid by citizens? You know how you were given motorcycles, boys. That's because your dad takes the reward. Yeah, your every time, the, boys, and probably <laughs> makes it a little higher before he agrees. I could not believe that. Your I'm dad, just thinking, boys. Do you not understand what your dad does? It's their duty to find the thief if they can. No, 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 no. How'd you get these motorcycles? Duty. Yeah. It was this my is your duty. dad's job, son. Yeah. I make just, bank it, exploiting people who are in need. It just blew my mind. I mean, these boys are just stupid. You know, this may not be the right time to go into this discussion, but private detective is a is sort of a strange occupation. Like, we saw yeah. uh, Oscar's muff earlier... In, in one of the earlier chapters, who called the boys because he thought he had found Chet's car, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't give it up unless Without they paid that cash. Him. Yeah, yeah. And while and they were like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe he's not gonna?" You know? And we were like, "Yeah, we can believe because it's his job." Yeah, but like the profession in general of being like a police detective, yeah, it is your duty, and you are paid by the state through taxes to serve the citizens and mm-hmm. and solve when laws are broken and crimes happen and people have property stolen. Yeah, you look into it, you do it. But when you're a private detective and you set your own rates and stuff, I just wonder how – like I feel like there's an innate ethical line which you have <laughs> yeah. to approach. And, and That's actually very true. If somebody's a little – like do you only work with people who can afford your services? And if somebody is you know down on their luck, you say, hey, sorry, I – can't I may have me. clues, but yeah, you can't afford yeah. me. Yeah, like, well, that's a good go question. With a I wonder if detective. they're just like, "Well, I'll give this." Well, yeah, you could contact another detective and be like, "Hey, I'll let you solve this, but you got to pay me to give you a few clues." I got these clues already. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'll yeah, I'll put give you a couple clues. Clue I'll help distribution because you, you can afford me. This person can't. 
but then you get the credit. You know, it's like when you're working in the film business, we're like, hey, we can't give you money, but we can give you a credit. Yeah. I wonder if detectives do the get same some thing. some portfolio rights. Yeah. Share some clips. Say, look what I did. I'll give you a little bit of access to my disguise uh, drawer. Yeah. Okay. My file of disguises. My file of disguises. <laughs> and you can have <laughs> the master five of, disguises. of my thousands of codes that I've translated. <laughs> yeah. Now, these are already broken, so people aren't going to use them anymore. Uh, but here's what they are. But and you here's can how have I broke them. them. And you, tell you, what, you can put them I'll on the wall. Ten. Tell you what. You can put them on your wall and say, you you broke them. Yeah. That's what I'll say. I <laughs> here's got, a few South Rubik's Cubes. I still got cubes. a thousand of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh. so anyways yeah they're they find this reward they get excited they're thinking wow a thousand dollars we can put that to our college fund come on boys you already know you got a, your college fund set up dad's yeah. already taking care of that yeah dad took care of that because he ain't working for free <laughs> yeah he's taking the reward that if he gets it that thousand dollars is still going to it's your still college going fund. to you boys yeah, yeah relax kids Ah. <laughs> uh. So then they're they're talking to Slim and you know he's like chief colleague admitted there wasn't much evidence against dad so they let him go and I wrote on the margin of course <laughs> that's what I was saying the whole time of like yeah you've just got this heated old man insisting your dad be arrested once a cop gets involved yeah. they'll be like oh yeah we you can't have laws prosecute this man for this and we can't hold him yeah um, but I I also think it's hilarious so they see they see Slim mm-hmm. and Slim is super smiley and they're like, wow, Slim's real happy. Uh, but then we get into Slim talking about how his dad can't get a job. He's called two or three people already, and they've declined him of a job. And I'm thinking, why are you so damn smiley, boy? Yeah. What's going it's, on it's here? It's a bit strange. I'd be sadder than before. Yeah, your dad's released. Uh, but at least when he was in jail, he was fed. Now he's out. He doesn't have a job. Mom can't work. She's lame. You know? So, <laughs> so you got two sisters and yourself. You guys moved to a smaller house. You're screwed. In a bad neighborhood. It says that. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of Italians there. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> it, see, with with this chapter, this this is what I was saying before. Like, this is what I think is actually the most important thing. Like, forget the the red wig and the thousand dollars. Like, yeah. here's your a drama. Life is ruined. Yeah, it's it's not even that it's more interesting what's happening to this family, like from a story perspective, but also like, yeah, some money's missing from a really rich guy who's got more of it. He's still throwing around thousands of dollars to find out information yeah. that could lead to an arrest, let alone finding the stuff. And to all that, I'm just like, you've ruined a life. Yeah. Heard. You have accused this man with no evidence. And now you have fired him, which means he loses his house. His family loses his house. His wife in a wheelchair loses her house. Yeah. They can't afford their smelling salts. <laughs> yeah. And that smelling, smelling salts, salts are, are expensive. Yeah, that adds up. Yeah. Her special medication. And you just kick these people out with nowhere to go. Make a move into an Italian neighborhood. They're not Italian, <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're screwed here. They would have never been hired in the first place if yeah. they were Italian. So you're telling me all this happens to you, Slim, and you're going to go to school with a big smile on your face that day? Come on. See, so as they're talking about this, Slim even says people aren't likely to employ a man who's been suspected of stealing. And so then, then it comes to light that Slim, who's top 10 in the class, bright kid. Oh, yeah, which we just think- learned that Slim is 
a very smart young man. Yeah, couldn't remember that a, a, <laughs> yeah. someone had been lurking around on the grounds while they were arresting his father for a crime. But but smart kid, but top smart 10. kid. Yeah, top ten. I'm excited top to meet 10. those other nine kids, <laughs> see what they're capable of. But uh, everyone thought, you know, he said his teachers had predicted a brilliant career for him as an engineer, um, and now all his ambitions for a high school diploma. He may have to drop out and go to work to provide for his family because his dad can't work. Yeah, I'm just thinking, a you. You could be honest with people and be like, look, I was fired by Herd Applegate. I'm sure you've heard of Herd Applegate. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who's an eccentric, rich person who's throwing money around, who had stuff stolen, who lives with his sister. Um, he fired me unreasonably. Yeah. I'm very employable. I worked there for 20 years. My family worked there. Clearly, everything's fine. Just listen to me for just a second and then hire me and I'll make you happy. Like, there's that approach. Yeah. But there's also. You could sue for slant. Like if you were wrongfully terminated, you could you could sue this is there. True. Yeah. And if you can't get jobs because you were accused you've been suspected of stealing, which you didn't, which you can prove you didn't. Yeah. Like this shouldn't be this where like it derails your whole family. Like I feel like there's a fight that could be had here and they're just rolling over and saying, like, well, I'm gonna drop out of high school because this eccentric yeah. billionaire accused my dad of stealing. That's true. And that breaks my heart. It's it's very heartbreaking. And I, and I, it's a very that's sad so thing. We move on from this, mm. but this doesn't seem to be like uh, Frank put an arm around Slim's shoulders. Chin up, he said with a warm smile. <laughs> Joe and I are going to plug away at this affair until we get to the bottom of it. And I wrote in the margin, "Wow, thanks." <laughs> yeah, two I'm, high schoolers going to help me. Yeah, great. Wait, thanks, Frank. I'm thinking, Frank. Why do you keep talking to this boy as if he was a child? Hey, chim up, buddy. I know you're smarter than me. It said he's yeah. in the top ten in the class. I'm in the top ten. They didn't say that the uh, that the Hardy Boys are in the top ten. I was actually thinking, where did they rank? Yeah. Let's be honest I don't know here. if they're valedictorians, yeah. these two. They weren't described as but top again, ten material. They don't skip class or baseball practice. You know, that's part of being in the top ten. You got to apply, apply, apply. And apply yourself. And apply yourself. Yeah. Um, oh, this is my favorite thing. So, chin up. Joe and I are going to plug away at this uh, at this affair until we get to the bottom of it. Oh, it's mighty good of you fellas. I won't forget it. In a hurry. You're telling them that you will forget this. Like, Just not hey, this, soon. Uh, this means something to me for a while. Yeah. But, you know, I will forget this. I got stuff. I've yeah. been trying to get in on Callie Shaw Don't- while Frank's been busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, I, th- I think we can we can breeze through some of this. They, oh yeah, this they, is all They reasonable. decide, you know, the first move is to find the jewels. So they're going to go talk to pawn shops, describe the jewels, and see if they can find yeah um, anyone who's who's dropped these jewels off at a pawn shop. And to that, I thought, like nowadays, like if I had a diamond, like inside the diamond these days, like you could have it like etched with a number, mm-hmm. and that number can be like. Uh, you know, a serial number for the diamond. And so you can trace things a little bit, but even that they're finding like falls apart and people are saying that diamonds are sourced in certain places and they're actually not and all this. But like back then that didn't exist. You just had a red jewel or a white <laughs> jewel. And to be like, that's, that's the jewel. Like, that's how Herd's. do you call these people and tell that's Herd's jewel? Yeah. Turd with an H right there. You see, he drew this photo because this is here's an artist's rendering in the 1900s, the early 1900s. They had colored. They crayons. were revised 
in the 50s. But, you know, I, yeah. I imagine this was the same way it was described back then. It's just the vernacular has changed. Mm-hmm. So does that mean, like, he was, like, self-drawing these photos? Because I doubt he was taking photos of his jewels, because I'm sure that was very expensive, and no one would be like, well, I should take a photo of Unless each individual Unless they were insured, jewel. in which case he shouldn't be so hopped up about all Exactly. Take photos for the just insurance. Just roll over. You're fine. You're fine. By the way, you, you just said, like, these things were revised. I did want to take a note. We haven't really talked about that much since the first episode, but oh, yes. I wanted to say that these books were re- rewritten starting in 1959 because they were too racist <laughs> by 1959 standards. So a, a few moments ago, we were talking about Italians and how they were moving to a neighborhood of Italians and Italians couldn't get jobs. Uh, and I just wanted to say, if you're just joining us, <laughs> that, is, that is not a personal bias David and I have toward Italians. That is a uh, a joke about the fact that the authors at one point, apparently the books were pretty racist toward Italians when they were written. That is Thank all. you for clearing just that up. Just to put yeah. that out there as that a disclaimer. saves me. We just uh, lost half of our Italian market. Uh, so the boys are, they have the bright idea of, yeah, calling the, the jewelers and everything. So they go to it with Fenton and Fenton goes, boys, I know what you're thinking. Cause the boys say like, Hey, do you have a list of all the jewels that were taken? Fenton tells them, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you're going to contact all these jewelers and ask them if anything like this came in. And it says, the Hardy Boys looked at the, the Hardy Boys looked at each other in amazement. Why are you amazed by that? I wrote really yeah. in my margin. Your dad is a much better detective than you. Yeah. Even Frank though says earlier he's like, "Well, we should call uh, all the jewelers." And uh, it was either Frank or Joe that said that, and the other one goes, "Well, I hope the police haven't done that yet." Clearly, they're saying this is an idea that I'm sure everyone will have. So when their father brings yeah. it up, it's just like, wow. Dad already did it. And remember, <laughs> boys, it's his duty. Yeah, it's his duty man's to duty. solve this crime for free. This is the man's duty. So you know duty. he's going to put in the work. That just – that tickled me. Yeah. So he explains that you know this is pretty common practice with jewelry. They, they send stuff out to all the pawn shops. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then they get into this little like – uh, so you boys out for the reward? And they're like, yeah, and we're going to get it too. And uh, Fenton's like, I hope you do, but you can't ask me to help you any more than I've done. It's my case too, remember? So from now on, you boys and I are rivals. And they say, it's a go. And he <laughs> says, more power to you. And that awkward exchange aside, I just thought, again, lives are at stake here. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Robinson can't get a job. They just moved to the Italian neighborhood. Like, things aren't looking good for the Robinsons. Slim's going to drop out, and they're not going to cooperate because, like, the boys want the money and Fenton can't help. Like, yeah, there's something more than $1,000 here. It's the Robinsons. It's their livelihood and their legacy. And their and think of, what, Paula and Tessie, the two kids? Like, oh, my God, yeah. This is, this is serious. And they are trivializing it. Yeah. It's not like the boys are saying like, okay, we're going to get this money, this reward money, and we're going to give it to Slim and his family. There you go. Because we're rich. Because we're rich. Dad gave us motorcycles. We have a gymnasium (laughs) in our backyard. (laughs) We have a gymnasium (laughs) and thousands of codes. Yeah. Thousands of translators. You guys are pretty good. Now, you're that worried about this $1,000 while your friend is living in a poor neighborhood and poor dad can't get jobs. Come on, Hardys. It's a go. Just terrible. Just terrible. Also, the guys. way that uh, their dad speaks to him, I'm just thinking, you are aware that your children are 17 and 18 years old. Do you notice this? 
there's there's a line. Uh, he does treat them like they're much, 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 much younger. Is that, is that what you're getting at? Well, the whole like uh, him telling them, you know, most jewel robberies are solved in, in this manner by tracing the thief when he tries to get rid of the gems. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like what detectives do. Yeah. Why would someone this old not understand that that's what people would do? That's the first logical approach. Like, hey, if jewels are stolen, you should you trace should check, what the you thieves, should trace do where the the thieves are doing with these guys. All right, check the places where you sell jewelry. You they should, should know this. Put your ear to the ground and see if you can <laughs> yeah. hear any of the jewels. The, the ju- are they leaving any footprints? Any receding footsteps? <laughs> so Speaking this, of footprints. Yeah, I was going to say, this brings us back to the boys. Uh, they're like, hey, city's under control. They're looking around for these gems yeah, in the city. Everyone's looking in the city. They're, they're where looking, aren't people looking? You know where they're not looking? Yeah. Nowhere near the crime. So <laughs> let's start there. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. Hey, but. remember when we were in the woods? That was cool. <laughs> let's do that again. <laughs> Grab a pen knife. Let's go. Hey, we should retrace. So the boys, just like with the uh, jalopy, they're they're thinking, you know what? Why don't we go look back at that that site where we found the car? Remember when we found the car and we were so excited we didn't examine it or anywhere else for yeah, clues? Yeah, we just got in for a joyride. And then drove into town and we were disappointed that people didn't celebrate our <laughs> yeah. arrival. All yeah. we wanted to do was tell people we found it, not look around. So now they're like, okay, let's be smart. Guess we should let's go, go look back around. to the scene of the crime. Well, let's go to the gymnasium. Let's practice some baseball. Yeah, let's and get a few then hits. Let's go. <laughs> get a few hits in. Work some of this stress out. Oh, Maybe so, we should get undressed real quick. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's have a conversation while we're dressing. Um, so yeah, so so they head out to the country, uh, and they're they're thinking maybe because they found the car and drove back into town. Yeah. Maybe the thief didn't know that and returned to retrieve the car and found it's that genius. it wasn't there. So genius. maybe the thief returned to that site yeah. and they can find something else. And by now they have a new name for the thief. Yes, go ahead, uh, Mister Redwig. May have come back to the woods expecting to use Chet's car again. And and then the next line, Frank, you're a genius. You figure the guy may have left a clue by accident. <laughs> and I thought, what other way is there to leave a like? <laughs> I, I like that I, one too. A clue by accident? Well, isn't that what a clue is? This isn't the Joker. Yeah. This isn't somebody leaving a calling card and stuff. This is- I'm just thinking, like, he returns to the scene of the accident. He's just like, well, maybe I should leave the boys a clue by accident. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, I left a clue. Here's another wig, boys. Find me <laughs> now. That would Honestly, that would be the perfect crime if this dude just started leaving just, red yeah. wigs everywhere. <laughs> just Have you seen it? You've seen, uh, I'm sure, Inside Man or Inside Job. What is it? Uh, the Denzel Washington movie? Yeah. Yeah. Inside Clive Man. Owen. Yeah, yeah Inside Spike Man. Lee joint. And, and, and Clive Owen is uh, in the safe, but the, the robbers dress up like all the hostages. Yes, it's awesome. And they like shuffle themselves in it. Like, brilliant plan. Yeah. Because then everyone's talked to everybody. Like, brilliant. That's what this thief needs to do. Just red wigs <laughs> everywhere. Start handing them out in neighboring towns. People just start thinking they're fashionable. <laughs> At and first, he, he should start with all yellow cars, too. Every yellow yeah. car gets a red wig, but then he switches it up. Okay, then a blue car gets a red wig. Now the boys are just like super confused. And then they're painting all the yellow cars <laughs> yeah. blue. So the boys have to scrape Every car in town and scrape up. Yeah. We'll just go another layer deep, Frank. <laughs> Check another layer down. I'm 15 down. layers in. <laughs> this isn't a gobstopper, boys. <laughs> Twirling the knife, drilling a hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So it turns out that they get back to this scene 
and everything. Oh, well, they, they first they decide to examine the ground carefully. Uh, I'm yeah. thinking heads to the ground, right? Yeah, um, I'm thinking it, heads to the ground. They have another one of these great little sentence uh, juxtapositions where, like, one sentence and the next sex, uh, sentence. But Frank and Joe examined the ground carefully for new footprints. They found none. <laughs> like I feel like they spend so much time explaining that the Hardy Boys are coming up fruitless. <laughs> yeah. Like they've got this idea they're really going to examine and nope, yeah, nope, nothing. But then the best thing is they find none. But they point out, so they find nothing. But here's a clue. You know what I'm saying? Six- they're looking for a clue. They find nothing, but they find a clue. Yeah. And what they find is six-inch circular marks at regular intervals. They're just the size of a man's stride. So they found footprints. Yeah. An unorthodox shoe, it seems, <laughs> but they found prints clearly at a man's stride length. Yes. <laughs> then What's, say Sean, that. What is a man's stride length? Well, I think they've got an, in their file under, <laughs> they have that under marked M out. for man's stride now, length. Now, boys, always remember that a man's stride length <laughs> is exactly – file with you. Yeah. It's six-inch circular mark at regular intervals. I feel like you're Fenton Hardy and you're Herd Applegate. Yeah, they're starting to combine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, which so, they, they realize that they didn't notice these uh, stride lengths before, so they must be fresh. Yeah, I didn't notice him before. Uh, do you suppose the thief tied pads onto his shoes to keep him from making footprints? And I, I'm sorry, I have to return to the argument I made before, but like, how how ubiquitous are shoes? Where are like how unique? <laughs> where like if you leave a footprint, it's like we got him, we got him. He left his his footprint, like. I figure again. There's like three boot manufacturers. It's gonna yeah. be one of three boot prints. Probably the Hardy Boys boot prints are all over the ground too. Even and if Chet's- so, even if so, that means they have to check fifty thousand people's tread. Yeah, of their shoes. They've they're gonna a- have to go house by house. They're calling the pawn shops tread. and they're saying, <laughs> yeah. if you see these boots come in with this yeah. with a stride length of X. We're we interested. put a piece of paper to the ground, we took a pencil, <laughs> and we traced the boot tread. If you see this, you give us a call. <laughs> Mr. Schwartz is already looking out. Yeah. We got red wigs, we got boot treads, we got it all. Oh, so they think that this guy tied pads to his feet <laughs> to make, which by the way, six inches is not big. No. And I feel like... That's a that's, very that's small an, step. Yeah, and I feel like if you're a normal-sized person... <laughs> It better be pretty tall or your foot will still hit the, the mud, too. Like, yeah. there'll be a footprint with a circle in the middle <laughs> of it. But uh, so the boys, follow, let's see where they lead. Good idea, boys. There yeah, you go. There you go. There That's you go. an actual good detection move. Here's footprints. Let's follow them. They follow the circular marks through the thicket, and they had not gone far when their eyes lighted up with excitement. Another clue. And this time, a swell one. Now, we've got some things to discuss here, but that's the last line of the chapter. That's yeah. their cliffhanger, is a swell clue. We found a clue and a swell one. <laughs> and again, they set the bar because they already found the best clue in the world. <laughs> the wig, like everything else, just pales in comparison. And I feel like every clue that has been promised since then has not been that good. Because what was the chapter? Was this title chapter? Uh, this is an important discovery. It really 
didn't give us that discovery. It just lets us know that the boys may. I guess that's the to purpose me, of a chapter. No, name. to me, the importance of the important discovery is that Mister Robinson's life is ruined by <laughs> yeah. an eccentric millionaire, <laughs> and that's that's important to discover that he can't get a job, that they had to move to the Italian neighborhood, that they have problems. That's important. That's definitely important. But Fenton's not going to cooperate with the boys because they're rivals now. Yeah. Playing with the live. Let's get a little chummy in this situation. You yeah. boys are my rivals. Which, mm. this is very exciting to find out what's a better, more swell clue than this man's life being completely destroyed. Yeah. What do the Hardy Boys think is more <laughs> valuable than a person's life? I... I'm going to end with this. I really want to like Frank and Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and and they are making it a challenge for me right now. That's I how I feel. I'm having a lot of issues with them as well to where I'm just waiting for Chet to show up. Yeah. The poor fat boy who gets no love. That's the underdog. That's who I'm rooting for. I'm excited for a woman to participate in a non-edible way. <laughs> to offer something that the boys can't just eat. <laughs> I don't know. It would be divine if things got better in chapter 9. <laughs>